Okay. All right. Everybody, welcome back to Black Card Rehab, the show where we go from zero to black one episode at a time. I am joined by my white friend, Paige. Hey, Paige. Hello. Hi. On a scale of zero to black, how are you feeling today? I am feeling the Boys to Men album that Columbia Records sent you in that music subscription program in the 90s that you <laughs> fell in love with. And then... <laughs> You know, you had to remember to cancel it so they didn't keep sending you CDs forever. <laughs> Which album was that? I think that's how we got Cooley High Harmony, believe it or not. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Either that or okay. my uncle gave it to my dad. Either way, mm-hmm. I was very young and it became one of our like family albums. Uh, <laughs> and Crystal, on a scale of zero to African American, how are you feeling today? Um, I'm feeling... Let's see. Uh, what's the word? Um, I I I'm trying to figure out a, a funny way to say. Uh, Give me your money. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> because okay, because to uh, I listen to this podcast. So this is a thing that's been happening ever since the like the uprising has restarted. Mm. Um, but white people and just non-black people period have been sending their black friends um money out of the blue um and it uh has only happened to me once um and <laughs> i was Did very they send grateful a note on the venmo <laughs> just yes like for reparations <laughs> i mean it was like yeah and not so many words yeah it was and look, I was very happy. And the thing <laughs> is, there was another podcast that I listened to where they were talking about this this thing that is happening. And they talked to several Black people about it and how they feel about it. And I would say the first half of the episode is very negative about the money. What? Right, right. Uh, and I, there's a part of me that understands what they're saying, which is like, I don't want to be treated like I am your absolution. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, or I don't, you know, some people like, cause it, people are getting money from people they haven't talked to in years or like, you know what I mean? Wild. Or just getting a lot of money for projects they haven't completed. And they're like, I'm worth my art. Why not just have me do my art? And then, yeah. you know, I'm paying yeah. what I'm, you know? Um, so I say all that to say, um, it was a very interesting episode, but my main thing was like, I hope at the end of that episode, people know that I still want their money. Like, <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> like, I'm an artist first, but a businesswoman second. Like, I don't want anybody to listen to that episode and be like, <gasps> like, oh, maybe I shouldn't give Christmas money. Like, <laughs> no, I still want your money. <laughs> um so whatever whatever version of black that is i'm that (laughs) you know what i am i'm the united negro college fund that's what i am (laughs) Um. oh man i i i get both sides of it um Mm -hmm. but i'm also not gonna tell people not to not to give money. I will I will say giving money doesn't give you like an N-word pass or anything like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you have to you have to give that money just as a standalone act. It doesn't like 
you know, it doesn't cure you, if that makes sense. It's not, I feel like people are maybe treating this like televangelists where like, Mm -hmm. if I give enough money, I'm not racist. And that's not how that works. Right. Yeah. I think it's, I think the the feeling is like, this is the very least I could do. And maybe I've been silent when I shouldn't have been. And so let me start right here with my pocketbook. And I would just like to say, if your friends do not want your money, I personally will take your <laughs> money. <laughs> My Venmo is Crystal Dash Adams. <laughs> oh man! Now, did the person who give you gave you money mm-hmm. was it? Was this someone that you? believe had maybe been silent in times when they shouldn't have been is this somebody that you think you're like yeah thanks for that money that's you should have done that (laughs) absolutely not this was and this was a person that I love and that I trust and who like who more often than not stands up for people that are not that do not look like her Mm -hmm. um you know and so I 100% was like cool like (laughs) thank you this is this is dope, you know. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna stay at home and enjoy this. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like it was, it was welcome, you know. Like, and I understand there's plenty of people who, like, I just posted on Facebook um, that uh, I'm going on an apology tour, and by that I mean I'm going to unfriend everybody on Facebook who still owes me an apology. <laughs> um, <laughs> and some there's of that was <laughs> knowing you. Are you still friends with any of those people? I am. I am. Really? It was okay. it was it was inspired by a specific post that I saw from okay. a friend of mine that I had from college who their post was triggering to me. I think anytime you, we see like I think being staying Facebook friends with people it, it sometimes feels like this innocuous thing if they don't post a lot. But mm-hmm. as a black person, the thing that actually bothers me more than getting money um, is seeing a post about somebody who I've noticed moments of cluelessness and um, what is the word? Um, disregard and um, just like ambivalence towards racism. All of a sudden. Start posting about the ways that they personally are starting to learn how to be anti-racist. And I'm just like, you could have fucking started with me. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, that's real though. You know, and I don't want to discourage people who want to go on that path because I think that's Mm -hmm. necessary for us to move forward. But I feel like there's so many people like that who are posting now who I had all these conversations with back Mm -hmm. in college. And like after that, who I believe thought that by us having the conversation, they had done it. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I think that they thought that they did the thing. Mm-hmm. And now they're fucking saying that they mm, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really feel like they all could start with apologizing to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I do. Did you uh, see this is actually a couple weeks back now, but 
uh, Leah Michelle, formerly of yes. fame. Did you yes. see all this? Where yes. She, she tried to do the the apology tour of like, yes. I'm so sorry if I made anyone feel bad. This is exactly what I'm talking about. That's and, exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. How, then, how it all started with George Floyd, though. She yeah. posted about George Floyd, and then the girl was like, mm-hmm. please hold <laughs> it because you made my life miserable for years. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's yes. all these posts where people want to act like they've always been on the side of right. when they have act- actively been a part of the torment of Black people in their lives. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, everyone has a, a waking up point, so mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has been perfect 100% of the time, but then you need to be willing to admit that. You need to be like, I was wrong, and these mm-hmm. things were in my face, and I ignored it, or... I, I didn't understand and now I do. And that means that that understanding comes with an apology. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she had not like the idea that she had reached this level of realization and hadn't even thought to talk to the people closest to her blew my I was dying. <laughs> so hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So today... We are going to talk about one Miss Lauren Hill. Miss Hill. Yes. Yes, Miss Hill. Mm-hmm. I Miss Education have, if you're nasty. Miss Education if you're nasty. <laughs> I have been in a Lauren Hill cocoon okay. since we finished our Sister Act episodes where I have okay. just been like consistently like re-listening to the Miss Education but then also going back and listening to Fuji's albums and then just watching live performances has been the Mm -hmm. biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And I fell down a rabbit hole of like, what (laughs) happened to Lauren Hill? Where is she though? (laughs) So let's back up. What did you, before you went into this rabbit hole, what did you know? So I had, I had liked Lauren Hill back when she was in her heyday where Mm -hmm. I had seen Sister Act. I loved her in Sister Act. And then my uncle was a huge fan of both that Fuji's album with Killing Me Softly, which is the score. And then he had Miseducation and would play her version of Can't Take My Eyes Off of You Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And I love her version of both. I was obsessed with it. And I think he may actually have been the one to buy me Miseducation, the album, okay. um, to listen to. So I've been listening to Lauren Hill since I was I probably not even a teenager. Uh, let's see, 95 or 6, I would have been like probably about 9, 9 or 10 years old. So, But I had gone a long stretch of time because she hasn't had any new albums out and so sometimes there's this thing of like out of sight out of mind where you don't hear from somebody and you totally forget about it and then we watched sister act and specifically sister act two and just in watching sister act two i was like her voice is everything it's so beautiful and it's so different than pretty much anyone else i don't think i've ever heard anyone else with a voice like that And I was just like, man, why isn't she the most famous person in the world? Like, why isn't she Beyonce? Like, not that Beyonce shouldn't be Beyonce. I love Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. But I'm just like, why isn't this vocal talent everywhere? Why isn't she Adele? 
you know, well, like, why isn't she this ever-present vocal force in our musical landscape? And that led me down the rabbit hill of what happened to Lauren Hill after Miseducation came out. <laughs> um, so you said you've seen her live. I have seen her live um, as recently as I, I must have been two years ago now. I, I feel like. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of the live videos I have found have been either from two years ago or mm-hmm. four years ago. Yeah. And those are the most recent. There's an amazing one from two years ago, though. I'm curious yeah. if she did that song at your show. Which song? So Drake, two years mm-hmm. ago, sampled X Factor. Oh, for yeah. Nice for mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. And so I found videos of her covering Nice for What mm-hmm. with her own rap lyrics and then singing the X Factor samples. Interesting. Which was amazing. Yeah. No, I don't remember. I feel like I would have remembered that if that had happened, but it's possible. I have to ask my friend, but I'll say, okay, so a few things about this concert. Um, mm-hmm. She was on time. Good for her. Good for her, which um, just for those of you who don't know, it is uh, a well-known fact that uh, Lauren Hill. Actually, I think we should back up and yeah. and talk about like Lauren Hill lore. Yes, because I think that even though like, okay, you can tell me if this is factually true because you've been like down the rabbit hole. I've been in the rabbit hole. But but, like my sense of like what Lauren Hill is and what she does is all because at a certain point, in spite of all the talent, in spite of all was offered her. Lauren Hill uh, decided that she was not our Negro. Okay, she's like, I am. I am it. nobody's Negro. Yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like so much of what she will and won't do, and the expectations that we have of her versus what she decides to meet, um, seems over and over to come back to at least what I've seen from her saying and doing. It seems like. She has decided I will not be owned by anything besides me. So, yes and no. Okay, uh, yeah. Tell me. So here, so here is, from my understanding and my research, here's the breakdown of what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, in high school, she meets Wyclef and Pros, and they make they become the Fugees. Uh, she does Sister Act right around the same time. Uh, the source or the score that first Fuji's album becomes huge from that she does her solo album now right before she does her solo album she has her first child Zion yes with uh, Rohan Marley but they're not together necessarily at the time there were rumors that she and Wyclef had a relationship that persisted for a while so there's some debate as to whether zion is really rohan marley's or wyclef's uh but regardless she ends up in a long-term relationship with rohan marley she puts out miseducation it is critically acclaimed grammy winning i believe not just nominated and it becomes this like monolith of an album where people look to it as like if you're gonna have a first solo album it better be that good because Mm -hmm. fuck if you try to top Mm -hmm. that 
She then proceeds to have another baby mm-hmm. and is working herself kind of to the bone to try to come up with material for a second album. During that time, she meets a man that people have only referred to as Brother Anthony. And I have scoured my cult resources to find out who this dude is. And I got nothing. What? He's like a ghost. But Brother Anthony? Brother Anthony. And he is a religious figure. Mm-hmm. that she chooses to follow and it is a mix of what i would call um weirdly conservative christianity but with kind of pieces of rastafarianism and 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 an overall pro blackness which is where she really kind of gets this strength of like I'm not here to do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And apparently one of the things that he was basically preaching to her was like, you're amazing. And whatever you want to do is the right thing to do. Which becomes a bit of a problem because she then starts maybe not showing up to things or maybe not meeting deadlines. She over that next couple of years has another child. So she's up to like three mm-hmm. and MTV. And who are these pro- children by? Rohan Marley. They're pretty much it's all by... Oh, they're all. Yeah, okay. except for the most recent one, and I don't know who the father is on that one. Oh. Okay. But, yeah. And so she gets... She has, like, a contract for uh, a second album, and they decide that it's going to be her MTV, like, unplugged, or VH1... No, MTV, where she is acapella... Mm-hmm. basically going to do an album live yeah and it is unfinished so she basically goes out with what she's got and it gets terrible reviews where people are like this would have been maybe good if she had finished it but mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem like she ever finished it mm-hmm. like oh we, man there's not enough you mean like solange's last criticism. album yeah kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. So at that point, she has another child, uh-huh. and then there's a brief Fuji's reunion in like 2004 to 2006, where they have uh, a kind of small number of tour dates. They end up calling the tour early, and Praz says after that point that he will never work with Lauren Hill again. Wow. Like, that's how bad of an impression she makes. She requires everyone to call her Miss Hill. She's perpetually <gasps> late. She is just not showing up for some. Uh, she's not really collaborating where they were supposed to make another Fuji's album. And they're like, we can't, there's no collaboration here. Like, we were, no one's on the same page. No one is really working together. So that's at the point where Wyclef goes on to make his other solo album. He's already got solo albums at this point, but that's the point mm-hmm. where he's just like, fuck the Fugees, not doing it mm-hmm. anymore. She Wait, then and has, when is when is Wyclef with? Because early. This, okay. Like, he's potentially, there's rumors that he may be the father of her first kid, which is before miseducation. So that's like mm. way in the past. Okay. And yeah, and it's it's suspect there's a couple different stories floating around about that 
I think it's very possible that it's just Rohan Marley's son. I wouldn't mm-hmm. doubt that. Um, nobody's going to test it. I don't think. Right. Um, well, I'm so- looking at the names of the kids and the third one is named Micah Hill. Yeah. They all Why- have her last name because her and Rohan never got married. Oh, but the, the thing is, is the other two, the first two have Marley as their last name. Yeah. And I think it's just whatever legal name she attached to them, but they were never, they were never married officially. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked about getting married uh, a bunch and don't actually do it. Uh, she ends up having five children total. Uh, her mm-hmm. most recent child is by somebody else. We don't know who it is. As far as we know now, she still communicates with brother Anthony and he is still Where- like governing her career. Where is he? I have no idea. And no one else seems to know him. No one knows who introduced him to her. Every article I read, they were like, yeah, Brother Anthony, he's a full-on cult leader, but apparently she's <gasps> listening to him now. Like, everyone's just kind of, like, bitter about Brother Anthony. And it's only you, now... Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe Brother Anthony is what she calls her period? Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be hysterical. (laughs) I'm on board for that theory. I'm here for it. And you haven't seen any pictures of him or anything, though? Like, I can't find any photos. I can't find any, like, documented group that he's a part of. Mm -hmm. It's almost like he's a cult leader with a membership of one, and that one is Lauren Hill. Yeah. And the only time he's being referred to is by people that are trying to work with her. anyone who's been in contact with her so anyone like so the fujis have met him her previous record management and everybody's met him um a couple other people who have like collaborated with her on songs because she has continued to like behind the scenes collaborate on a lot of stuff um Mm -hmm. they have all met him like and everyone just kind of has the same thing to say about him where they're just like we wish he would go away. Like he's just in the way. <laughs> and nobody that, really that's, knows. That's like, like me talking about my period, honestly. Like <laughs> true. He, he kind of reminds me in just the things that people have said about him uh, of like Rasputin <laughs> with the Romanov family where everyone is just kind of like, why has that guy got to be here? <laughs> like, But so that kind of brings us up to present day where she has like five children. She lives with her mother in New Jersey. Okay. In, I would assume, a large house. There's five children. Um, Mm -hmm. And has been steadily working on new material for new music for like half a decade or more. And is slowly going out and doing live shows again. So when I saw her... um, I I don't think I would listened to anything like or like attempted to find out anything about like music that she's put out before going. My friend was the one that got the tickets and she um, yeah, she was one that really wanted to see her. And it's like, who's going to turn down a chance to see Lauren Hill, you know? Yeah. And this was back when she was doing a lot of touring for some time and um you know the word on the street was mostly that she was trying to pay taxes but um <laughs> she she has had a substantial tax issue specifically 2 to 4 years ago yeah 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, but she was also like scheduling these tour dates and then either um, showing up like hours late Mm -hmm. or not showing up at all. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't know, based on whatever she wanted to do. Um, And then, so so at our concert, she showed up on time, but this, this, there was still this feeling of like, I'm still not owned by you guys because Mm -hmm. of course, when people go to a Lauryn Hill concert, what they want is to revisit Miseducation. Yeah. They want to revisit that album. And she was, she was performing and doing songs in such a way that like the original song was almost unrecognizable. So the arrangements was such that like from even from the beginning, like you couldn't hear like the first, you know, strain of notes and figure out what song it was. And sometimes it wouldn't be like till she decided to stop dancing and start singing that you're like, oh, it's that song. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause she was dancing and she had a, like a interpretive dancer on stage, too. That reminded me very much of the church I used to go to as a kid. They were like all in white with a very like long, flowy mm-hmm. white skirt. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to so, hear more about her tax problems? Oh, I do. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. But yeah. So that that's what it was like going to a concert for her. But I could tell people were disappointed. But I just I knew going in. It's not going to be what we want it to be. Yeah. And even my friend was disappointed, but I was just like, it's Lauren Hill. She's never going to do what you want her to do. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. So, they, yeah, I mean, I it was enjoyable, but it wasn't what anybody necessarily expected or wanted. <laughs> so, yeah, she problems. had to serve. So in May of 2013, she served three months in prison for failing to file taxes and then a further three months of house arrest uh, as mm. part of a year's supervised probation. Mm-hmm. She uh, was released early on good behavior because she, by the time she actually ended up going to jail, she had paid back almost a million dollars in back taxes and penalties. Uh, and she, and part of that's from uh, unreported income. Uh, from 2008 and 2009 so that's when she was touring when she didn't have an album out and you know uh so she said in her defense that she is a child of former slaves who had an economic system imposed upon them and her uh so she did actually serve time when she got out she started to make money she would do the she would do narration on documentaries so she's like the voice of what? a documentary called Concerning Violence which is a Swedish documentary on the African liberation struggles of the 1960s and 70s um but this is when a lot of that erratic behavior kind of starts where she starts canceling shows she um, starts just not showing up. She starts uh, coming in late. She it starts does, after prison. It starts after prison. Mm. And then I'm sure it was happening before also, but it notably started after prison. She did contribute to the soundtrack for What Happened, Miss Simone, which is the movie about Nina Simone. Oh, I, yes. I love that movie. So yeah. good. Um, and she gained critical acclaim for her performance on that soundtrack 
Um, which, to be honest, if you had to pick a modern voice to try and emulate Nina Simone, mm-hmm. I think you can't really do much better than Lauren Hill. I think that's a great mm-hmm. way to go. Um, I know. Well, Zoe Saldana isn't going to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she then in 2016 starts in on like another you know big tour where she hits like austin city limits and a bunch of like big festivals uh but she was approximately two hours and 20 minutes late for her show in atlanta Uh um and then she only did like 40 minutes of a show because the venue had to close at 11 right right and then she tried to argue that she had only actually been like an hour late Oh, like for contract purposes, so that she didn't have to like pay up whatever. Yeah, fee. I think so. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, she has been ranked on uh, a number of of lists as one of the greatest rappers of all time, specifically one of the greatest female rappers of all time, and one of the greatest singers of all time, which is almost unheard of for somebody who literally only has. Four total albums to her name, and that includes right. her two albums with the Fugees. Um, so wildly influential, and she has actually been sampled a number of times. So occasionally, if you feel like you hear somebody that sounds like Lauren Hill, it probably is. She's probably being sampled <laughs> on somebody else's song. Uh, but most notably in Drake's Nice for What, which then in 2018, 2018 she covered uh, during a performance at the Apollo. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I have video so, of that if you want to see it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I wonder, yeah. So I wonder if she showed up on time at the Apollo. I bet she was like, I don't think anybody people, did. I guess <laughs> nobody showed up late. Nobody no, showed no, up no. late at the Apollo. Well, I mean, if everyone shows up at the same time, is it really late? That's all I'm saying. That's true. Yeah. No, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like she popped in maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I found a bunch of videos uh, from that night where it seems like there was a show in progress and she shows up. It was mm-hmm. clearly planned because they're playing a whole set. Um, yeah. But it looks like it was kind of a secret to everybody else. But as far as I know, after that big, like when she was like two and a half hours, three hours late, after that, the late rumors kind of fizzle out. And okay. I think a lot of that is contractual because she can't afford to lose that money, I think. Oh. Which I think not a lot of people understand, but like you and you have, I'm sure, encountered this uh, in comedy when somebody contracts you for an event, they're contracting you for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. for performing. And usually you're also contracted for like, you have to be there for sound check, any number of things. So like whenever I sign a contract for comedy, uh, like if you book me for an hour, I kind of have to do an hour of comedy. And mm-hmm. if I don't, you could not pay me the full amount. And mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of what she's battling and why she's maybe not so late anymore. Interesting. Cause yeah, I mean, it was just like, it really was crapshoot, you know, it was just like, 
there there are people that were so upset because they like they had bought tickets and then she didn't even show up and mm-hmm. um this is interesting okay so why do you th- are do you lay do you lay most of the blame on like why Lauren Hill isn't a bigger star on Brother Anthony I lay a lot of the blame there now okay. that said there do seem to be aspects of Lauren's personality that maybe contributed to either brother Anthony having a bigger impact mm-hmm. or be her kind of taking the things that brother Anthony said too far because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I understand being secure in your art and devoted to your personal voice and not, mm-hmm. you know, I get if she didn't want to be the voice of giraffe number three in Madagascar too. I get it. And this industry wants that of you a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what she wanted to avoid. She's like, I don't Mm want to be your commercialized nonsense. I want to make the music I want to make and put it out and be successful, you know, but it's got to be the stuff I want to make. And I feel like if we take that ethos and apply it to other people, there are so many wildly successful people with that same feeling like Mm -hmm. that is prince all day long Mm -hmm. every day like prince is nobody's anybody prince does what prince wanted want to do and that's about it and was you know pretty successful with it and i think the difference is prince also kind of understood that you have to sometimes play by somebody else's rules to get what you want Right. And I think um, that I guess the thing that is respectful or I don't know, I think interesting and creative about the his approach is getting out of a contract by giving basically um, giving them an album that they didn't want, but that they said that they wanted. Yep. By the way, I'm looking at her website right now, and on August 4th, she posts in a sincere apology to Glasgow. Real August 4th of this past year? I don't know. It's not clear, but it says, my sincerest apologies, Glasgow, for the late show and the shorter set. I appreciate the energy and support I did receive from the great crowd and the patience of the promoters. This is like, as she goes on, yeah. But it's like an apology. Yeah. Now we're, see, Lauren Hill can apologize to Glasgow. My former college friends can apologize to me. That's how I feel. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, what, what else did you find out that put the pieces together or that you didn't? Or that was surprising? I, I think for, so I had always suspected because I had heard rumors that the reason we didn't see more of Lauren Hill or the reason that we only occasionally saw her was that she had joined a very specific religious lifestyle. That's Mm. something that I had heard, but I was under the assumption that it was like, Oh no, she's going to go full Rastafarianism and doesn't give a fuck about the entertainment industry. She's just going to do what she wants to do. And to Uh me, that made sense. I was like, that is in line with the Lauren Hill we know and love. And 
that's what I expected to find when I fell down the rabbit hole. So when I mm-hmm. found out that it was just some dude named Brother Anthony, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And that she just like lives in New Jersey like a normal person. I was just like, what? <laughs> Somebody get rid of Brother Anthony. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like someone rescue her or, you know, I guess she probably maybe doesn't want to be rescued. I mean, that's a, a thing with cults where people you can't just pull someone out of a cult people have to be ready to leave it's it's like mm-hmm. a whole process it's like a it's like an abusive relationship a lot of the time where so, go ahead oh where e- people need to see it for themselves before they can see their way out if that makes mm-hmm. sense so why do why, why i guess i'm wondering how is it possible that like Anytime you look up something about her, like his name never comes up, like in terms of official things, like, you know what I mean? So it is in a few because I found an oral history of what happened to her. And there's a couple other videos on YouTube about what happened to her. It's usually buried and it's usually in interviews with Wyclef or Pross, who both met him. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you search Lauren Hill, brother, Anthony a whole host of stuff comes up. Or if you search Lauren Hill cult, tons of stuff comes up because <laughs> it was one of those things where I, I kept waiting for someone to be like, yeah, she became a Jehovah's witness or something like that. Where I was like, yeah, where it was a, a tangible thing that I was like, Oh, I know what that is. But then to have people just be like, yeah, this brother Anthony guy just kept floating around and you're just like, like, who is he? Yeah. Some sort of off brand yeah. Charles Manson. What's going on? I mean, it really, it smells of, so like I've been for a while following um, uh, some other comedians. Um, They do a podcast called Britney's Graham. I love Britney's Graham. Yeah. So she's got a a conservatorship. Exactly. But the thing that it's, it's reminding me of is, so for those of you who don't know, and a lot of people, if you don't follow or like care about Britney Spears, it's fine. You can maybe skip to like five minutes ahead. But like, <laughs> it's a really important thing that they're trying to help expose, which is that Britney Spears isn't just in hiding. She isn't just like tired of making art, but that she is in fact being allegedly controlled by her father and um, some other players, like I guess her management and she's being controlled financially and otherwise um, to the point that she is um, probably uh, probably um, taking medications that mm-hmm. um, are causing her to be like compliant mm-hmm. um, and not able to like make decisions about her life and her future in a way that you would expect a normal person to be able to, to make those decisions. And it's, if you want to know more about it, I would recommend listening to that podcast. They go into the weeds about it and they interview people and they've done their research. So, you know, you can kind of trust what they're saying. Um, and they've talked to people who are have been in and out of the Britney camp. But what it reminds me of in particular is the the relationship that the father and this the camp that's controlling her seem to have with TMC in terms of and other media outlets in, in terms of like squashing any negative uh, press about them. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, it's really, it was really hard for a long time to find anything 
that said specifically what they were doing. And if anything negative, negative reporting came out, like TMZ would never cover it. And TMZ is supposed to supposedly covers fucking everything. Right. Right. And um, there's an, an, a few other like gossip outlets that like wouldn't cover it or they would cover it in a certain way to skew in favor of, of her conservators. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's why it's weird to me that like, you know, you're reading official things and I don't know if it's like Lauren's camp or brother Anthony's camp who is mm-hmm. like, you know, like, well, and I don't know how much of this is like, brother anthony planted the seed and lauren just took it and ran with it you know i don't know how involved he still is Mm -hmm. um you know i i struggled to even officially find his like doctrines or anything like that or like Mm -hmm. what sort of church or whatever he came from and so it seemed like from everyone who talked about him that they didn't even really know that he had somehow gained kind of a level of access to Lauren that almost no one else had. Mm-hmm. And people couldn't really break through that connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's strange for sure. Um, D- did it seem like the people that you're like, that are talking about it, did it seem like, like she had just like been on the phone with him or like, like, but you said you, you, you did say that they had met him. him. Yeah, oh, people have met shoot. him. So. Um, he's been around. He She would be on the phone with him like a lot, like where he's like around around mm-hmm. to the point where because it'd be one thing if like I feel like if he wasn't present, we would mm-hmm. hear a lot more of like, yeah, I think she listens to this weird religious guy. And instead mm-hmm. what we're hearing is it's brother Anthony. Here's who he oh is, you know, and while they don't have a ton of information about him they all have like a name to put to him if that makes sense sure now i'm like what if this podcast becomes lauren's gram oh my god <laughs> and we just is, is she on instagram i don't know i let, let me see because she seemed kind of like anti-social media oh for sure for sure i just wonder if like she has somebody posting for her you know what i mean yeah um so but yeah because i also you guys look if Paige and i come up missing after this i mean podcast. If, if i come up missing call the scientologists first <laughs> oh yeah you're right but if i come up missing find out who the hell is brother anthony <laughs> who is brother anthony yeah i'm curious here here's my thing if he came in and was an amazing muse and we had just a bunch of new lauren hill music that was awesome and irreverent as hell i'm Mm -hmm. here for it (laughs) like oh yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) um it's the fact that she seems to kind of disappear and i think you know some people have speculated that she felt a lot of pressure and a lot of stress to try and live up to her first album Mm -hmm. and felt like it was inescapable which yeah is totally understandable considering that her first album is like the benchmark for what an album should be like mm-hmm. when you've got that hanging over your head i totally understand this feeling of like what am i supposed to do now mm-hmm. you know well she does have an instagram account um it's called miss lauren hill um Following. and yeah it's uh it does seem to be her account, although I'm sure somebody's posting on her behalf, but it does look like they, it's whoever's posting on her behalf 
does have contact with her enough to get like her direct quotes for the post. Okay. There are only 55, but there is a seemingly genuine one that looks like it's from her when when Kobe passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the rest are like weird collages. Um, is she verified? Yeah. Yep. It's got the blue check. So is it uh, everybody this, like, heads up? MS? This is huh? No, it's M S Lauren Hill okay, spelled yes. out. There mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. Oh, there so, she is. There she is. So um, we're going to have to rearrange the logo for this podcast and change the website to <laughs> Lawrence Graham. <laughs> She's got an e- We could just straight up email her and be like, so who this brother Anthony, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he be at? <laughs> well... I should say one of the things about Lauren Hill. So like love her music, love. Um, I love the spirit of like that we're taught. We've been talking about of like really doing what you feel like doing creatively. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important not to lose that. And that's something that's like really been important to me. Um, but the song doo-wop like it's oh, so yeah. catchy and so gr- it's so like great musically and lyrically but then you listen to it I, I mean I listen to it on this side of understanding femi- my feminism mm-hmm. and understand it does not at all line up <laughs> no no there are some now that said the the second verse I'm here for about it. men. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, love it. Musically mm-hmm. amazing. Um, yes. I well, and I think it's it's the same feeling I have when I think about my favorite TV shows that have ended, where it's something you love, so you want more of it. Mm-hmm. But maybe what we have is the best version and we should take what we have. And yeah. she should just, you know, perform Miss Education live forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I really, um, I've stood by for a long time, like, this quote I heard from, I don't even know who it's from, but there, this quote, it says that uh, entertainers give the audience what they want and then um but artists give the audience what they need mm-hmm. and it feels like lauren is a, a constant state of 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 being that artist yeah you know so that's how and that's how i felt about the performance that i saw it was just like yeah it wasn't what everybody expected but i think this is it was uplifting it was entertaining it was interesting to watch Mm-hmm. When point Nas came out, you know, it was dope. It was a dope, it was a dope show. I, I kept looking for tickets because if she comes to LA, I want to go. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if she comes anywhere close, basically anywhere on the West Coast, I want to yeah. go. <laughs> what is happening on her website? Why is it I, just this one video? Yeah, it's it's not a lot. There's not a lot there. The tour dates I found were mostly in Europe. Um Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, any other things we should know about her? I think, oh, that was another thing. So uh, in some of her later shows, it's just 
random factoid uh she would sometimes wear these huge outfits where she was mm-hmm. layering multiple layers of clothes sometimes she would be in like an entire like tribal outfit uh, uh-huh. And sometimes they were so heavy she could not easily move around the stage, which is the case with her performance at the Apollo, which I do want to show you. Um, okay. Because it is both amazing and I wish mm-hmm. I was there, but you're also watching her like struggle with a giant cape. <laughs> and you're just uh-huh. like, why, Lauren? I do feel like that is my second state. <laughs> um, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, she supposedly is performing Carson in August. What? That's what it says. That's what the website says. How much are tickets? When can we go? I don't know. Let's see. We have to RSVP. Let's see. I love that it says RSVP and not buy tickets. Um, <laughs> it doesn't bode well. I know. I think everything's like, you know, written Tentative. in pencil right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's only allowing me to like sign up for notifications, I guess, if it, when okay. they go sell on sale. So that makes sense. Um, all right. Well, if she well, reschedules, I'm down. <laughs> we'll we'll put a link to that performance that you're talking about in the show notes, so you guys can mm-hmm. all watch it. Um, other than that, yeah, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Black Card Rehab. Thank you for letting me ramble about Lauren Hill for a long time. Yeah, it it was great. I loved going down. (laughs) At one point, I think you said going down the the rabbit hill, and that was appropriate. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) Um, All right, you guys, we will be black next time. (laughs) 